Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. If you recently discovered this podcast, stick around, listen, and become a regular. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. The topic of this show today is goals. Specifically, are you making goals that are in line with your objective as a creative, or are you simply getting caught up in the trends? Perhaps both. I can't wait to see what rabbit holes we dive into as we peel back this onion of a topic. Joining me on the line over the net, all the way from New York, is my good friend Nick Shaw. How are you, Nick? Michael, I'm doing well. I've had a couple different sinus headaches over the last couple of days and feeling pretty good today, so it must be the perfect time to shoot a podcast. It is perfect. What are you drinking? I gotta ask. Ooh, I, I debated long and hard about this one after the last episode we did together, and I'm switching it up a little bit. I decided to go with uh, coffee because of the temperature up in this uh, you know part of the country. It's been very cold, but I am pairing it with Buffalo Trace bourbon cream. Ooh, nice. So I, I, I'm sticking with the theme of, you know, we're having a beverage. Um, I didn't want to let you down on this one. I was debating about a sour porter stout, maybe just straight whiskey, and then you yeah. know landed on bourbon cream and coffee. I tell you, going whiskey the whole show is really rough. I've done that a few times. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that last time. Uh, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, but it, I, you know, we I think we've talked about this offline a couple different times where. At 4 p.m. in the afternoon, you get done shooting the show, and then you're all <laughs> cocked up on whiskey, right. and you're just ready to take a nap <laughs> or eat a 30-ounce prime rib. I don't know. Oh, there you go. I am having a kind of a kind of a I don't I don't want to say a tribute to a new new beer in the neighborhood, but we recently uh, got a new brewery. It's not it's not a new brewery, but it's it's a new brewery for my hometown, uh, 50 West. Uh, based out of Cincinnati. They opened a, a place here in my hometown, which is pretty cool. And this is a limited release. It's a Burger Bar exclusive. It's called Hit the Road Jack. It's a brown ale. And uh, I know we're not doing this in, vid- in video for anybody, but I'm going to show Nick on video so he can see what's what's going on. It's a 6.3 alcohol by volume uh, one pint can. So it's uh, I've already cracked a few of them already, and they are very good. So... I'm kind of excited about it. I'm a, I'm actually familiar with that brewery. When I was in Cincinnati for work, uh, I think two years ago, I picked up some beer from there and a couple other places to bring back to Rochester. And that was one of the cans I brought back. I don't remember specifically what one it is, um, but I enjoyed it. I remember that much. They uh, they do some really good beer. We went to a, uh, oh, what they call it? It was like a camera, beer and camera I don't know what there was a name for it, but it was basically all a bunch of photographers, videographers. Uh, it's kind of a soft opening for them. We went to it the other night, and um, man, the food's good, the beer's good. The, they have sixteen on tap right now um, that are that are just fantastic. I, I would have had so many had I not had to drive, but uh, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Kind of excited about it. Let's get into the show because uh, I know everybody listening. I'm sure you probably have a drink in hand by now, and. Uh, we're really kind of moving slow here, but I'm going to, this is kind of laid back, just like all the other episodes, you know, it's, you're welcome to sit down with us and, and think, and that's the idea of this show is, uh, really want everybody listening to just kind of think about their own goals for a moment. We're at that time of year where everybody makes plans, you know, resolutions, goals, things that they want to achieve. And, uh, 
generally, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think I think we should all have goals. But I think sometimes as creatives, we get caught up in the trends. We start thinking, okay, I got to do this because this is what the other guy's doing. And it's, I think it's a little bit unhealthy. Um, let's start out with a question. Do you think, and I kind of already know the answer for me on this, but do you think as creatives, we get caught up a little bit too much in the numbers? Oh, hell yeah. I, I think we do. And I was reading a Twitter thread the other day about this, and I think it was Cody Warner, a couple others were feeding their input about subscriber goals on YouTube, follower goals on Twitch, stuff like that. And I, I think that when, when I look at goals, and I've got a bunch of different mediums that I dabble into, Instagram, Twitch, um, YouTube. And, and, you know, a couple of years ago, I think I had goals to hit a certain amount of subscribers. But what does that translate to at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think as you're, you're trying to figure out who you are as a creative, where you're taking your channel, if you're niching down, as everybody says, or if you're going to stay broad and make stuff what you want to make, I think it's okay to not really worry about the numbers as much um, and be more concerned about the process of your craft. And are you learning something as you go? And, you know, it's good to have goals. And of course, numbers help measure some of those goals. Um, I think one of the themes I wanted to talk about during this discussion is um, the concept of how you look at goals, how you can measure those goals, and how you set those goals for yourself. And, And one of the aspects I think is unique to my background is having that business aspect to it. You know, when you look at creative hobbies, there's always your personal goals you set with those things. And then there's some of those goals that if you look to make this creative art a business or a side hustle, there's certain aspects that you need to look at for that angle. And I always look at goals that should be measurable, actionable, and obtainable. So you need to be able to measure your goals. You need to be able to set something that you can take action. So I can say something broadly. Um, You know, I want to redo my YouTube presence. And that could break down to certain things. It could be doing new channel art. It could be doing new intro videos. It could be rebranding the way I make my videos, all those different things. But I need to set something that I can take action mm-hmm. within that goal. Yeah, I totally agree. And, yeah. And and then the, the last thing that I think a lot of people miss is making the goal obtainable, but a little bit past what you think is possible. You need to make it so it's not unrealistic. And you have something that you think you can hit. Otherwise, you're not going to be motivated to hit that. Yeah. So if you shoot too high and say, I want 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year. And, and, you know, I'm sitting at 230 something right now, right? Like, unless you like, you know, have a horseshoe up your ass, you're probably not going to get that. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) I mean, there are outliers, right? It's a small percentage. That's not a good way to grow either, honestly. Because you're probably just getting the numbers. You're not getting true fans. And I've kind of seen this in like my day career that you have these things called sales quotas that sometimes you look at what the market is doing, what it can sustain, what's, you know, the opportunity there. And if you set like a sales quota for a sales uh, rep too high, they're going to be not motivated. They're going to be looking for another opportunity where they feel like they can be successful. If you set obtainable goals that you feel like you can hit, um, you know, whether it's selling 10 prints in a quarter you know, you're putting out a video per week, you know, those different things you can measure. Did you do it? It's a yes or a no. You have some sort of 
measurable variable to be able to say, did I accomplish this goal? And is it something that realistically I think I can do with the time that I have? Um, so I, I think those three things of measurable, actionable, obtainable are things that I've been looking at more for my LLC as a business, my personal endeavors as a creative, whether it's looking at Twitch streams and being consistent per week, um, YouTube videos for how much I want to put out, you know, on a monthly or, you know, whatever that looks like. Uh, I started defining those because I, I think in the past I, I've kind of like had these things in my head of like what I think I want to do. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, two months go by. I haven't done shit. <laughs> I put out like four videos last year. I told myself 2020, I'm sitting in my house. What am I going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I get that. I mean, it's like you put your goals just out of reach. Probably for me, that's the best way to do it. it it's like not like if you're looking at a, use the analogy of an apple, like you're standing on mm-hmm. the ground, you want to reach up on the tree and grab an apple, right? We all know the best apples are not on the ground. They're the terrible apples. You don't want to eat them. But the easy apples are the ones you can just grab. Those aren't the goals you want. The goals you want are the ones where you have to work for it a little bit. Maybe you have to go grab a ladder and just get that one. It's just out of reach, you know? Right. But don't go to the top of the tree just because that's where all the best fruit is. You may not be Mm -hmm. ready to climb that tree yet. You know, there's, there's time involved. And... I think it's tweetable. Anybody listening, go ahead and tweet this out a little bit. Measurable, actionable, attainable. Those are that, those are really good metrics to look at or matrices. <laughs> I don't know. I, right I think word. I just gave like the the takeaway that we talk about at the end, like in the first like what five minutes. Yeah, so, yeah. Mean, well, I mean, that's good. Everybody, can, keep listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more. <laughs> there's so much more. There's so many pieces to this onion or layers to this onion, as we say. And uh, it's like an ogre. I, you got to peel I, back the onion. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a boulder. I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. <laughs> anyway, God, this beer is good. Did I did I mention how good this beer was yet? I really like it. I think maybe it was the wild turkey I shot. I'm in, I'm enjoying this bourbon cream. It's actually it's actually really good. A little bit different from Bailey's. I mean, I'm a bourbon whiskey guy, so this kind of fits right in perfect awesome. with my palate. Yeah, so I'm enjoying this. Yeah. I will say that the the wild turkey that I shot before the show pairs well with this uh, hit the road jack. It's a it's a brown ale. I don't I don't think I cleared that up. It's a brown ale brewed with maple and pecan. So Ooh. good, so good. So I like brown ales too. They're good. But uh, I anyway, do like browns. Mm. I think it's really important that we when we when we look at goal setting. I think if we look at the abstract reasoning as to why we want that goal to happen. You know, um, you got you're you're going to have failure. This is the thing I need to make sure that people know, um, and, and I know people know this, but I, I just I'm sure there's somebody listening who thinks failure is the end, but but failure to me is is not the end. It's when you quit that's the end. Failure is just a reminder you reached a little too far. That's it. You know, it's it's a it's an indicator that says okay maybe I'm not ready for that yet. But what can I do to fix that? You know, right? And within failure, you've definitely learned something along the way. You've mm-hmm. tried to accomplish something, and that might be a multi-step process, right? So, making YouTube videos, I mean, is a good example. You have to go through. You have to learn how to shoot video, cut mm-hmm. video, edit audio, edit color, all these different things. And you know, if you 
stumbled towards a goal of putting out as many videos, what, what was keeping you from, from pursuing that goal mm-hmm. and, and outputting it? Was it, was it stumbling over the technicalities of that? And I know we've talked about before and others have that, you know, just getting over the hurdle and posting something. And I think that's one of the things I'm looking to do this year is finding something that I can continue to learn as I pick up my camera and as I pursue different crafts. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be perfect. Just put it out there. Uh, it, I mean, even photos. I took a lot of photos last year. I didn't post a lot. Um which I mean that there's two different reasons for that, but I, I think a lot of photographers think that every single time they press the shutter, it needs to be a banger that they post on Instagram. And there's a love for photography where you go back and remember that you can take photos for yourself and they don't even have to see the light of day. Exactly. I keep a lot of photos that I, I now print now that I acquired a photo printer. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those prints are stuff that I am posting and people can you know, purchase if they like them. But a lot of the stuff I'm printing for myself I'm printing for my office, printing for my house, printing for gifts, um, yeah. you know, keeping stuff to myself. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as you look at, um, you know, why people figure out what they have failed at, I think a lot of it is just being scared of putting themselves out there. And some of those failures, they did learn something along the way. Um, and they have to be okay with, it's not going to be great to start, but at some day, you know, it, it will be good. You've yeah. learned something along that journey. And I think the analysis of looking at, okay, I didn't meet a goal over this period of time I've set for myself. Um, you need to be realistic on, you know, I've learned so much and, you know, where I started and there's some reflection involved to look back and be probably okay that you didn't meet the goal but maybe adjust the realistic expectation next time. Yeah, absolutely. I, and it's also, it's also we're, we're kind of set up for this too a little bit. I mean, the widgets and the applications that we use online, the goals are always based on numbers. You know, I mean, it's like if you, like on Twitch, if you add, if you look at Twitch and you say, okay, if I, if I reach 50 followers, I can be an affiliate. And you start thinking, okay, followers is the metric that I need to use to, to gauge my success. And that's not necessarily the case. Again, I, I think it's really important we look at abstract reasons. You know, why why do you want 50? Do you want to make money? Right. You know, be honest with yourself. And you start looking at all these abstract reasons for why, and you start to realize when once you break it down, I think it's, this is my opinion, I should say. I, I hate using the word should uh, and, and the whole good and bad thing. I just, there's there's a lot there. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go into that. That's that's a deep, deep hole. I think it's really important as as creators that we start looking at what is the reason we want 10,000 subscribers on YouTube or um, 1,000 followers on Twitch or whatever it might be. Get honest with yourself and say, is it because I want to make more money? And there's nothing. We I, I got to interject here with my own self. It's not a dirty thing to talk about money. There's nothing wrong with saying you want to be wealthy or make a lot of money. And I, I think as artists, we we shy away from that a little bit and start feeling like, ah, you know, it's it's not about the money. It's about the art. Okay. But if you had money from your art, you could do more art and make more money. <laughs> and you <laughs> yeah. build this chain that kind of goes along and it says, I'm finally living the dream. So I don't know. I, I, I I didn't see this YouTuber the other day that specifically, I think within the first two minutes of his intro, 
said, you know, I, I enjoy making YouTube videos, but I wouldn't do it if I didn't get paid from his audience. <laughs> right, and and right. th there's a whole comment section of like, <laughs> oh man, this is the most real YouTube intro in the first two <laughs> minutes. This guy like literally just came out of nowhere. It was like, yeah, I, I'm doing this to make money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a, for creatives, the online things that we do are great ways to augment or add another income channel to what we do. You know, you as a photographer, if you're selling your, your product is your photography, you know, and all these things. But if you can educate and make money from that on using YouTube or classes online or any other tools and draw some money from the things you do, but ultimately, that my goal ultimately is to just make money being me. <laughs> you know, right. I want to be able to go in the studio and just, just be creative and then come out and go, I don't really know if I did anything today, but God damn, at least I got paid. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I hear so, you. I mean, it, it, we've talked about, I think, the office I'm sitting in right now, which is my LLC side business. Last year, we, we did pretty well. Um, and it was just me doing consulting, doing various creative work for people I knew or people that found me. Mm -hmm. um, and my goal last year was to literally just break even on the rent for the this space. And, and this year, um, I actually took over more space than just this room that I'm sitting in. And I will have to raise that bar a little bit. So that's going to put some sort of fire under my ass to go get some more clients, which I, I have you know, a waning opinion on doing client work right now versus stuff that I want to do and mm -hmm. I want to make. Mm -hmm. But the goal for like this space was to be kind of a creative uh, melting pot for some of my friends or other creatives I met along the way and make some fun stuff together. Now, if we can make money doing that and cover the rent on the space and break even, perfect yeah. for me. Um, and, and that's a realistic thing. You know, I'm not, I didn't really do this to um, become rich. You know, I like my day job in cybersecurity. I like what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, this is all you know, fuel the hobby, tax right, write-offs right, for camera right. gear, audio yeah, gear, all that, <laughs> all that fun stuff, right? Yeah. And I'm not beating around the bush on that. I mean, I've told people before, if I can break even on rent and the expense is perfect. And yeah. if there's a little bit on top of that, cool. If people yeah. like the work I'm putting out, like my photos or whatever product I'm working on, that's a bonus. You know, that, that to me is just cool. That's an interesting point too. A lot of folks, I think in the art community, in all the creative communities, really, we start thinking we have to make a living from our hobby. And I I don't think it's a bad thing. Again, good and bad, I don't really want to get into that. But I, I, we see it across the internet all the time. It's like you're not, you're not really professional if you're not doing it full time. And I, I hate that. I absolutely hate it because I work pretty much full time in my creative work and I work full-time for somebody else. So what gives, right? And you start right. thinking, it, it's not about the time. It's not full-time versus part-time. It's can you make your living from it or not? And everybody listening, if you can do both and, you know, suck the benefits out of your employer <laughs> because they're there, there's yep. tax, tax reasons for that. There's uh, beneficial reasons for that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. At all. I don't know what the problem with society in saying, oh, well, you're just a part-timer. You're not real. I don't, I don't know where that comes from. And I wish it would just go away. I mean, it's, it's really frustrating to me because I, I personally want to make, one of my goals is to make more money as an artist than I do as an employee. 
but still be able to do it on the side because it's yeah, total I, I freedom. Mean, yeah. You, you've got your wife, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got health benefits and dental vision and all these different things that right. a lot of creatives don't have. And I know there's different laws that are trying to change that and make it available for all, but that's like a big struggle, right? You know, you go as a freelancer and you don't have these other benefits. You got people that depend on you. Mm-hmm. So are, are they, what's their career? What's their passion? Are they working that, you know, it's something that could supplement and cover both of you. Um, right. You know, those are different decisions that you just have to make. But yeah, I, th- I think you, you hit a, a really good point in that a lot of people that were doing fantastic work on the side and having to work there nine to five, as you call it, mm-hmm. they, they were pro level before they started, you know, having that passion pay for their lifestyle. Right. So nobody called them, you know, anything less than a professional when they were delivering fantastic work, working two jobs. Right. And I think that's a realistic thing that you have to ask yourself too. Um, going back a couple, couple points you had was, do you actually want your passion, your side art to become something that is your job that you need to take a break from because you do it every day and you don't find the joy in doing it for yourself anymore. Right. That's a dangerous thing for people too. There's a lot of creatives who just get completely immersed in what they do that it becomes a job and they don't like it anymore. It becomes, I I need a vacation. If you need a vacation from what you do, what you love, there's a problem. <laughs> that's, right. that's what I, I see. And may, maybe I'm wrong because I'm not there yet. Um, I don't I don't know. There's there's so much we can get into on this. Uh, I want to keep it within the the time frame that we normally do. But um, I had something on my mind too when you were talking, and I, I totally lost it. I'm gonna I'm gonna basically chalk that up into uh, dead brain cells thanks to alcohol. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really feel like some of the things that we do as creatives, I want to I jump back on the abstract on this a little bit. You know, why? You got to ask yourself, why? Why do you do it? Why, why do you set a goal? Uh, for example, let's just use YouTube as a, as a good measurable here. If, if you go and you say, okay, I want 10,000 subscribers. Why? You know, is it because you heard somewhere that you can make a living from 10,000 or 20,000 or 50? Is it because you just want that number? If you're only looking at the numbers, you're probably never going to succeed. And we all know that YouTube just doesn't pay per view enough to, to make a living at it unless you're way up in the millions and all that kind of stuff. But I think if you, if you get to the overt benefit of why, not just the benefit, but the overt benefit, like... No, let's break this down even further. I'm trying to trying to get this out of my head, and it's really it's locked in this steel trap of my brain, but rusty steel trap. <laughs> uh, let's let's say your goal is fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube because you've heard that this so and so makes a living from fifty thousand. Ask yourself why, and and dissect how they make their living from fifty because they're not making it from AdSense. They're just not not with fifty thousand subscribers. Maybe it's a product they have or it's a, a teaching thing that they do or whatever, but you have to look at that too and say, that's how they're doing it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get there just because I got 50. So the number is arbitrary. It, it right. doesn't really mean anything unless there's a specific thing. And I don't want to beat around the bush here, but it's it's one of them processes that you have to go through as an artist and say, why? Why do I need 50,000? 
you know, and I, I feel like you have, watching you on the screen, I feel like you have something you're just about ready to burst on. So hang on to that thought. As we move through, it's really important to know that the numbers don't matter as much as the reason why. So start to dig deeper as you're listening to this, start to dig deeper and say, well, why do I want 50,000? Why do I want 500? And, and realize that those numbers really don't matter as much as the people who are watching your videos. Because the people who are already subscribed, those are the ones you really want to hook onto and say, okay, what do they want? And if you can correlate what they want with what you love doing, you've got gold. I, that's that's my two cents on that. So, I, no, you, you came up with, uh, you hit on two different chords, I would think, as I looked at my reevaluation from the craziness that was 2020 and that yeah. blew up pretty much everybody's goals, whether it came to travel, business, you know, everybody kind of reset. And I, I look at why people like Casey Neistat started his vlog in the first place. If you look at that, he didn't set out to get millions of subscribers. He set out to promote his business. And that was his why. And you look at a bunch of others that talk about social media as a method to buy people's mind share, their attention. Um, so you can push other avenues of revenue being products, you know, lessons, uh, LUTs, presets, any physical or digital products. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that, okay, you know, somebody that's saying I want 10,000 subscribers, those are potential eyeballs, ears that I can have to expose what I am doing. Mm -hmm. Now, I think one of the common things that, and this is why, you know, I, I think those numbers are kind of bullshit. You can have 10,000 subscribers and have close to zero engagement. Right. Where people don't actually give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. They press the button and they don't actually give a shit about what you're saying. Right. Um, you haven't given them a reason or value to buy into what your message is and yeah. whatever you're pushing. Um, you know, I've seen people buy followers on Instagram thinking that they were going to be some sort of influencer and get all these brand <laughs> deals. And you notice something's off because you look at their photos and they, they don't have even a thousand likes of the 27, 28,000 followers that they have. It's right. like an insane ratio. Um, so I, I think, the, you know, as you look at setting your goals, you, you do have to be honest with, okay, what's my intentions? What's my end game here? And, you know, if you're open and honest about that as you're making your content, I think people will be more engaging if they're, they're buying what you're selling. Um, yeah. If you have a good message that you're putting out and you're providing some value to them, the followers will come. That's just a byproduct of making good stuff. Um, and if you're honest with the reasons of doing so at the front end, and I think that's why, you know, you look at when Casey stopped vlogging, perfect mm -hmm. example, people were getting pissed. They're like, they're like, oh, he's not making the money anymore. Like he, he made it now he's dropping us. And it's <laughs> like, you're not obligated to, you know, have this person make videos for you. He, he got his end game of selling his business to CNN for a shitload of money. Right. So he good for him. Goal. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think some people are selfish when they look at other creators too. Um, you know, the expectation of, you know, you're streaming a certain amount. Streamers talk about burnout all the time on Twitch yep. and on YouTube. You know, people quitting YouTube for a duration of time and then their fans freaking out. Um, I, I think the, the the interesting aspect, like you said, about the numbers, I was seeing this other recent Twitter thread. I think it was uh, John Hill 
was saying he took a two-week hiatus from from YouTube around the mm -hmm. holidays, just a break, mm -hmm. reset. And his numbers when he came back and posted a couple of videos were horrendous compared to the, before the break. Right. And, and I think you and I kind of talked about this too, looking at engagement. And we got caught up on it. You and I got a little upset, not with each other, but I think with just <laughs> what, with what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I, I think as we've kind of talked through this, we're, we're kind of like oh, idiots. You know, <laughs> we sat there and bitched about it about a month ago about what was going on with our stuff. You know, yeah. I, I'm streaming on Twitch and nobody's showing up and that, right. that's fine. Um, but yeah, here we are talking on this podcast going, the numbers don't matter. Yeah. Gear doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I mean, it hurts. You know. let's, let's be honest. It, it does. It's like you're sitting there going, God, I keep, I keep pushing, I keep pushing and nothing grows. And, you know, I'm not going to sound, I don't, I don't want to sound like a guru as we're talking about this because I, I'm definitely not. You know, there's a whole bunch of that, you know, God, I wish I knew this. I wish I knew that. I wish I was better at this. And for me, a lot of that, oh, bourbon cream. He just showed a picture of bourbon cream and it made me hungry. <laughs> I should have done that in the middle of your thought. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I lost it. Uh, but it's it's like the the numbers do matter on an ego level, right? And they also matter on your particular goals that may be the overt goals. Maybe maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, geez, if I if I get a thousand downloads per episode on this podcast, I can get sponsorship or I can get ads or I can do other things that actually start to fund what I'm doing. And there's constant conversations in some of the groups I'm in on, on, you know, what am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm, my, my show sounds good. The content's good. You know, I, I hear it from everybody and you know, they might only have 50 downloads and what it boils down to is you've got the Conan O'Brien's out there. You've got the Dax Shepard's out there. You got Joe Rogan out there. I mean, it, everybody's vying for that time and you're a little guy in most cases. And you, the viewer, the listener, the whatever, they don't have enough time to absorb all the content that's available. There's so much fucking content available on the internet these days that it's really hard to find anybody, even the people you love and care about. It's like, Oh, they're, I forgot my, my, nephew's doing a podcast. Oh, uh, you better go listen to that. You know, <laughs> that's basically how it works. Um, you're, you're building a tribe and that's, that's something I really want to express openly. You're, you're not gathering numbers. You're building a tribe of people who love what you do and want to see the journey progress. And if you build it as a tribe of people like that and stop forgetting that they're people, and realize those numbers are only something you can look at to gauge how many people are in your tribe, then you'll realize that you're giving quality content to the people who care. And I just think there's so much more to it than just 10,000 subscribers, 40,000 followers, whatever. We, we all want the big numbers, let's, let's face it. But you really have to know why. And that's the just of this podcast is I want you to sit down and actually say, well, why do I want that many? Does it really matter? Me as a painter? Not really. Cause I want to sell paintings. Right. I mean, yeah. I think there's like, you know, you touched on a specific metric with downloads per podcast and stuff like that. You know, an episode that performs very well. And then you have another one that, you know, 
whether it's subpar lacking, you know, people don't show up for it. I, I think there's the aspect of consistency and, and making sure that, you know, if you do have goals that you expect and, and expect is used loosely because, uh, you know, as creatives, I don't think you can expect anything Right. when it comes to I deserve blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever that looks like, you know, I, I think you have to be real and, show up consistently. And if you don't do that, then, you know, you've given people a reason to not really pay attention to you. Yep. Share their attention with you. Yep. Yeah. I think that hurts if me a little bit, honestly, because I'm, I'm every other week. I'm, mm-hmm. This podcast comes out uh, as of right now. I had planned on changing it in 2021, but I still don't know if I'm going to do it. But um, as of now, it's first, third, and sometimes fifth Thursday of the month. The, the sometimes fifth Thursday just means that there's five Thursdays in a month. It's not always happening. I think it happens like three or four times a year, but uh, every week would be better. I think it'd keep people engaged. They'd want to come back more, but it's just not, for me, it's just not something I can do just yet. It's difficult. You know, to, um, Paul's time is, uh, he, he's good for every other week. He's not good for every week. Uh, I don't have enough reach. <laughs> to get more guests in. So that's that's a problem. Uh, techni- technical difficulties also. And I've been working on that. And that kind of is a nice segue to this next thing, gear goals. You know, are your gear goals really something that benefits you as an artist? Um, or is it just feeding the ego? You know, I, I, I get a laugh. All right, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to share it. I don't care what people think of me, but I got to say it. I bought a SM7B. It's an expensive microphone. Do I need it? Not really. The SM58 works just fine. But this was a gear goal for me. It's something that I wanted to have, and I've wanted it for a long time. I even told my wife, I was like, I wanted that since I was 14 years old. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm, intensified I'm when I bought two of them a year, like, <laughs> mother. <laughs> hey, I was like, guy doesn't even use them. <laughs> But, you know, the, the setup that I have now, honestly, the gear gets out of the way. I have, a, I have a lot of really cool gear. I can do a lot of things. It's not perfect. There's still some things I want to improve on. But my, my reasoning behind it is all about the goals. It's about, okay, if I get this gear, what's it going to do for me? And I think we need to think about that as, as creatives, because we, especially photographers, because photographers and video files and audio files, people who just really get into this stuff, we can be really overwhelmed with all the stuff that's out there. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much. I mean, the Panasonics are good. The Sonys are good. The Canons are good. Even the Nikons are good. <laughs> I say even the Nikons. Um, mm-hmm. And I love Nikon. We had this conversation. I think we bashed on Nikon during my episode. Right. What was it, a month or two ago? Yeah, October, yeah. whenever yeah, that was? Exactly. Yeah. And it's just one of them things where you, you go it's a tool, right? We, the last episode was about tools and it's like you, when you have these goals, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, I don't know what, what goal, what gear goals do you have? I guess I want to ask. I'm going to back up real quick before that one. But to be honest, the gear visibly does buy credibility. If Mm -hmm. you are doing a stream, for example, and you, somebody rolls up to your stream and they see, an SM7B, like, oh, this guy is investing in the quality of his stream. Yeah. You know, this is iconic to having quality. Yeah. 
You know, so when you see some things like that, um, you know, if you are familiar with the gear and if you are a techie, you know, you see those things and you're like, wow, okay, this guy's serious, right? Um, but I, I think, you know, like you said, when we discussed during my episode, the gear is a tool to support some goals. And, you know, mine, like I, I adopted Fujifilm with the JPEGs that look fantastic out of camera with the built-in film, film simulations. Mm-hmm. You know, the raw editor that's built into the camera. Those were things to get out of the way of me needing to lug a bunch of gear around on the road when I'm traveling for business. And yep. it supports those things. Um, I, I'm i at a weird spot for my gear this year because I have a lot of things that I, I'm either reevaluating how I use it. Um, you know, I, I reevaluated my mobile phone at the end of 2020. And I've been a longtime Android user. In my previous job, I was carrying two phones my personal Android and my business iPhone. And I, I made a decision to switch back to iPhone for my daily driver that I've been using at my current job for the last two Thank years. You for that. Android. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it comes down boy. to this. And I talked about this on my other buddies podcast and, and you know, there's a, a, a time when I looked at both the phones and the both platforms and what I was using them for. And, I wanted to be able to take pictures that looked fantastic. Um, you know, I use it for some pocket browsing, text messaging, and some social media. Mm-hmm. And most of those things are pretty on par across them. And I think back in the day when I was in college and a little bit after college, I was more of a, a tinkerer. I was you know, rooting my Android phone and customizing it way more than you know what stock would allow. And now I just need a thing to work. It's my business daily driver. It's my personal phone. Yeah. And I can't, you know, gamble that it's going to work if I break it and I need to use it when I'm on the phone all the time working remotely. So it was just a decision, I think, you know, looking at the tool and how I use it, how I interact with it. And those are different things that you look at with, you know, cameras, microphones, and you know, your workflow. I think one of our common friends um, in the content creator collective, the friendly reviewer spent a shitload of money. I, I'm jealous about his new NAS. Uh, <laughs> it was all about workflow. He's got a crap load of storage. He yeah. can edit directly from the drive. And, you know, if that fits his workflow and the way he produces and, and goes through his process for creating, yep. fantastic. Um, and, and you know, there's sometimes you look at why did I buy something? Was it for a, a one-time use where I could have rented it and saved money? Um, you know, was it something that I no longer need and I could you know resell it or gift it to a fellow creative that they can get some value out of it? I, you know, if I look at my toolbox of cameras, uh, I have still my Canon gear that I'm looking to potentially get rid of finally because I have two Fujifilm cameras, an X-T3 and X-T4. I can do everything with those. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canon I was hanging on to, I, I think, as a B cam, but now that I, I've got an X-T4 and 3, I don't need to hold on to it. And then the audio gear, I, I've been talking about putting out a podcast, which I'm actually going to start this month. I've been outlining. I spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks when I was off for my day job, mm-hmm. um, you know, finally putting together some topics and, and planning some stuff. I want to get four to five episodes done before I actually press the we're live, you know, go check it out. Right. Give some people to listen to, you know, the whole process you, you probably went through when you launched this. Yep. Um, 
I think I've got some stuff more around the house that are gear goals than it is my actual creative toolbox at this point. <laughs> yeah. You got a new you house moved, too. So, I mean, I did. Know, it's, it's moved I, in uh, end of August and I've got some stuff, you know, to, I guess, round out what the garage looks like and, you know, yeah. the utility that that brings, uh, the basement, some cleaning out to do of stuff that uh, I've been lugging around in the basement of my apartment at my parents' house before they got rid of that. So I've yep. got some purging to do. So it's tough because the gear goals for creative, I, I think I'm sitting on to see what is the actual return on investing in something different or yep. new. Yep. And it's like we discussed before, you, you can buy so much of your camera gear that's out there in the marketplace. And a lot of it does the same thing. Yeah. A lot yeah, of it truly does at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. You know, it's not exponential return. So I'm kind of at a place where I've got a lot of best in class stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as we've been kind of talking around on Discord with my streaming gaming rig, you know, having that ridiculous graphics card and, and how that's been built up. Um, nice where I'm at the point of card. evaluating <laughs> the what? It's a nice graphics card. It is. It is really nice. RTX 3090 for yeah. those who are familiar. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice, but yeah, I'm at, I'm at the point where I'm kind of evaluating the stuff I use and trying to figure out how can I better utilize those things. Yeah. Um, I, I know we've talked about potentially acquiring, um, you know, the preamp and compressor, deesser, all in one kind of, you know, rack mount. I'll, I'll call it effects for those who yeah, aren't yeah, as yeah. familiar with audio, yeah. but something to enhance what I'm doing with my SM7B. Yeah. And have that on the front end versus doing it in post, getting the sound I want yeah. uh, in my studio. Yeah. And that's still something I'm looking into. I'm waiting for back order on that. You're recording on a Zoom uh, recorder, H6. Is that right? I am. I am. I've got the H6. Uh, I bought that as a field audio recorder. So it's yep. got the mic that attaches to the top of it. Yep. Very portable. I use rechargeable batteries to carry it around. So the SM7B is going right into a cloud lifter, into the Zoom, Yep. take those files, pop in the computer, yep. and then do whatever I want with them. So. Yeah. And for everybody listening, the, the SM7B, all, all dynamic mics primarily, they are gain hungry. And the Zoom, actually all, all field recorders really require a little bit of a boost to help them get past that whole thing of, uh, of the gain problem because you don't want to raise your noise floor just for the fact of having enough gain um, and, and that's where we talked about a little bit earlier about just things getting out of the way so you don't have to work so hard in post all the things you know it's I'm a big proponent of doing it with hardware first and then kind of polishing it in the DAW when you're done you know I just I think it's better it's just better people say that when you take photos too yeah, yeah. Expose the rain camera, then you don't have to do as much work in post. Exactly, exactly. Uh, for me, gear lately has my one of my goals with gear is to reduce my dependency on the Adobe Creative Cloud subscription system. So for me this year, I want to learn how to use Logic and Final Cut to replace Audition and Premiere. That alone would save me between thirty and forty dollars a month because I'm, I'm going to keep. Photoshop. I mean, I, I love Capture One Pro. I use it for my, my raw editor. And that's where I start. Every, every photo that I put in my computer starts in Capture One. And then if I want to move pixels, I get a Photoshop. But it's, it's rare. 
80% of what, probably 90% of what I want to do with a photo is already done in Capture One before I ever take it to Photoshop. So for me, a lot of times Photoshop is more of a graphics thing. You know, do I want to add text? And, and, and I know you can do things elsewhere, but I can't let go of that dependency of Photoshop just yet. It's my thing. And I but agree. Only I mean, it's only I, I do the same thing as you. Yeah, so. I do the same thing. It's it's Capture One and uh, Photoshop and Lightroom. Yep. Um, do you you have an iPad? I, it's on its way. That was one. Okay. <laughs> I have never had an iPad ever because I was like, I just I don't. Know. Wife, if you're listening to this, just just let him have it. Let him have it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's it's ordered. It's supposed to be your. Uh, does she fun. know about it? Is the next question. Yeah, yeah, she does. Okay, so, all right. So everybody listening, I guess I've, I've been on a kind of a spending <laughs> spree lately. I bought the SM7B. I bought a new MacBook Pro. I bought a new iPad Pro. I bought the wife an, a new MacBook Air. Uh, does she be know here. about that? Yeah, she does. She does. She does. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, I you're just bl- I'm, I'm just really kicking she you down. She doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. <laughs> she doesn't care about any of the things. I, no, I shouldn't say. She does care. She's always, always giving me kudos for stuff. But, uh, you know, it's... Do I need all that? No, no, I don't. Because what I'm doing right now works just fine. It's just I'm I'm working on a 2014 MacBook Pro. There's some limitations there I want to get past. Everybody's moving to USB C. I'm still USB A. Um, I'm not really a good tech nerd, so I'm not really good at explaining all of the reasons why. But I know the things just don't work sometimes, and that it's getting old for me. That that's the biggest thing that I've I've looked at, especially these last two years as my time becomes more valuable mm-hmm. for doing the hobbies. And I've got a lot of hobbies. I have more hobbies than any man should. Um, <laughs> and I get told that all the time. And, and I get told that most of my hobbies turn into business opportunities and that could be, you know, bad or good, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Name the movie. But anyways, um, you know, when I looked at, I had a fantastic 15-inch MacBook Pro, and I'm using a 13-inch M1 right now. And the time that this thing has saved me with some tasks of video, photo, I think that's paid for itself. As you know, everybody said, this is a first take at a next-generation platform, and I think you'll see it too. Yeah. Coming from your 2014 to this machine that isn't even close to being spec'd out. Right, it's very entry level. If you look at it, mm-hmm. you will be amazed at the time you save to go through your normal process that you do currently. Yeah, I can't and, and that will pay dividends. Yeah. So I'm excited for you. Um, the the issue, like you discussed, with trying to hold on to a piece of software, I, I, I've talked to a couple of Capture One ambassadors, and I'm like, guys, you got to harp on them to make a mobile app because I think that's the only thing I'm holding right, on to. Right. Right. Absolutely. It is like if I can edit on my iPad, fantastic, but it's Lightroom or now, Photoshop. I got to interject here. One. I got to interject here too. They have a really good Capture Pilot app, which for any of you who shoot tethered, uh, this was my whole reason for just I hated Lightroom in general, but it was kind of one of those things where I thought, oh, wow, I can, I can tether my D800E. I got to throw the E in there because, you know. <laughs> I paid more for a D hundred than I needed to. Anyway, <laughs> um, you can tether and use your iPhone. I think it's Android available now. I'm not real sure, but anyway, the the Capture Pilot app lets you control your camera through the application of Capture One, and you can you can change everything you would normally do that you touch. So if you're one of those 
uh, photographers who does product shoots and you don't want to touch your camera after you get it set because you're going to compile and composite a bunch of pictures together to get the right look. You can literally use Capture Pilot to control your camera and fire it, everything. It's it's fantastic. It really is. I had to throw that in there because it's it's one of the whole reasons I went to Capture One. Yep. So, yeah, and I've used uh, Capture One. I think it's better for tethering overall. Yeah. Um, so stable. Yep. Yeah, and I'm kind of trying to evaluate, I, I mean, especially with my desktop. I know we've got a lot of people there pushing us to try Resolve, DaVinci, and yeah. I, I'm trying to still evaluate. You know, I invested the money on Final Cut. I've got some transitions and some plugins mm-hmm. invested on that. Um, you know, people have talked about the workflow of DaVinci, and I think I'm, I'm trying to balance, can I still do a bunch of my editing in a mobile sense on my laptop mm-hmm. and if I need to get into my desktop there actually is a way to import the timeline so I can do color in DaVinci right so I can do all my editing cutting in Final Cut you know still on the go right and if I want to take it to my desktop to utilize that massive rig I have yeah um, I can get some value out of it but and I'm still trying to figure out do I want to spend the time to redo my workflow on how I go through relearn everything relearn the hotkeys how I go about <laughs> you know right. doing everything and you're um, in Logic too, right? You use Logic for audio? I actually just use GarageBand. Oh, really? And I've tried Audacity okay. a little bit, but I, I think on both both so far, I, I've done a little bit of Audacity because it's free and mm-hmm. GarageBand because it's free. Yeah. And I, I don't think I've touched Logic since probably the MacBook Pro I had in 2010. And it was, oh, it, wow. I'll admit, it's a, it's a pirated version of Logic that I had. I didn't pay for it. Oh, the new one's um, so good. It's just so, just get it. It's so cheap. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Hmm. I want to say, it's under $200, I really think. That's not bad. Yeah. And the you get the up, piece of software. Yeah. And you get updates. So I mean, it's like, you know, you're not buying it again. That, that's the fantastic thing about Final Cut Pro, right? So they've right. added all this stuff and I've paid one price for it. Mm-hmm. I think I paid like what, $199, $299 for it. Yeah. And I've had major version updates. So it, it's been good. Um, and it's interesting that some software companies take that route of giving these significant updates and not making you pay more where right. some others take the upgrade route of, you know, you pay a discount for the upgraded version versus, yep. versus a new license. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Adobe suite, I, I know a lot of people love it. A lot of people swear by it, but I, I've never given Premiere a chance ever. Yeah. And I've never felt the need to. And I think the only other Adobe product I used was um, Illustrator. But yeah. I've been using Sketch since then. Yeah. And I think Sketch works pretty well. Yeah, Sketch is good. I, I just, I think, you know, when you start looking at your goals and, and what what you want to do, both gear goals and personal goals, if you look at the inside of, of what you're doing and, and start really getting into the abstract of it versus, you know, chasing the numbers and chasing the reasons why you do things because everyone else is doing it. I think you start realizing that, you know, no, you're not number one, you're not going to fit the mold. Everybody else has, cause you're different. You know, uh, do you need an SM7B? No. Do you need a Mac? No. Do you need a, a built PC? No. You, you need what you need and you start from there. Does, does the tool help you, reach the goals that you're after. And, and, and I, I don't know. I just think that's one of those things. But uh, I think we've reached the segment of the show where I ask rapid-fire questions. I've got one more thing before we do that. 
Just one more thing. Um, I think what I want to do is challenge both of us. I, I know we've talked kind of what we want to accomplish a little bit for 2021. And I'm looking at um, Matt Diavella has talked about his two-day rule. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, I am. Those, those listening that aren't, Matt Diavella made this fantastic YouTube video. And he's the guy that does like, I did this for 30 days. And what he learned or, during that 30-day period of repeating this task the two-day rule essentially says you're never skipping the thing you're trying to accomplish for more than two days. So if that's yeah. working out a couple times a week, you know, if I, again, going back to measurable, actionable, and attainable, if I set a goal that I want to work out multiple times a week, I'm not going to start out going from zero to five times a week. That's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, my body's not going to like that, number one. I'm <laughs> going right. to become demotivated when I'm, you know, gasping for air on the ground and my cat's <laughs> trying to dive under a yoga mat or something. Right. But you know, two to three times a week, you know, I'm put sending, I'm telling myself I can't go two days, more than two days off. So I'm going to challenge both Michael and I to, you know, stick to that for some of our goals. You know, if we're, if we're streaming or posting on Instagram or YouTube, you know, whatever the, those goals are, we're setting for ourselves to not take more than two days to do something towards those goals. Yeah. So that, that's going to be a challenge where we're, we're going to try to hold ourselves accountable to this year. That's, that's tough. I wish you didn't include me in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's actually a pretty good goal. That is goal uh, goal number one is to to maintain your consistency. I think it's it's important uh, as a creative. If you're not consistent, nobody cares. You're, you're going to get lost. You're going to fall behind and all these things. But uh, it all comes back to why you want to do it, though. Exactly. Exactly. So, do you have? Oh, I should say this this whole last call thing is so that anybody who's listening can finish their drinks. But if you're like me, you got time. Grab out one last more. Call the bartender. Let them know you need one more drink. Anyway, this is this is the whole portion of the show. Yeah. (laughs) This is the whole portion of the show where I say, okay, this is this is your opportunity to finish the drink. And we are gonna play around a little bit, just have a little bit of fun. And uh, I know it's a longer episode than than some of the others, but uh I think this is an important episode, especially this time of year, because we're all making resolutions and goals and things. And I hope this gets into your head and you start thinking, how do you make 2021 your year? So I want to start. I'm going to ask Nick a question that I think he will have a pretty fun answer to. Have you ever drank something you knew you were going to regret the moment you looked at it? Mm, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to remember, was this last year or the year before? Uh, the years are blending together. I think it was 2019 because uh, I was still traveling a lot and I made a personal trip to Toronto. was up there with uh, my buddy and his brother. His brother lives in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where he's from originally. So we met him up in Toronto and we were out for my buddy's birthday. And of course, we, we made it a thing that every place we go to, we're telling people it's this guy's birthday. We had plans to go to this one Harry Potter theme bar in Toronto. And of course, um, they were like, oh, we got the perfect thing for you. <laughs> and it was this um, scorpion pepper tequila shot. Mm, mm. And, and he, he did it first. And this is kind of cheating because he did it first. And I know he doesn't really enjoy that spicy stuff. You have a scorpion. And Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this this was spicy. Uh, uh-huh. His face said it, but you know, I was like, okay, I just, I just made the poor kid do this. I have to try one now. How bad could it possibly be? Famous (laughs) last words. This is like probably like the third or fourth stop. 
in the nights that we've been drinking a decent amount, hopping around Toronto. And, you know, I, I had it, and I'm looking at the thing, and I'm like, uh, I just don't like the color of it. I don't like the way it looks. The, the, and, you know, I know how he reacted. Let's find out if I'm as big of a bitch as he is. But, of course, <laughs> I was. I was in the end. Um, yeah, so th- that was not good. I like tequila. I do like tequila. I like a little bit of spice, but um, not that level. Yeah. Wow. If you had one goal for today, what would it be? I've been working really hard on getting some photo prints together. And I do have a goal um, to actually take some photos and put those up on my website today. Hopefully I can accomplish that. I think bourbon cream has been the right level to uh, allow me to do that. Yeah. If I was drinking whiskey, <laughs> they probably wouldn't come out too well. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been working on prints and and putting them up on my website. They're already listed. But what I wanted to do was give some detail on the quality craftsmanship of the print. I do them all myself. And, you know, having control over the final product, the paper, the presentation, you know, the color and how everything looks. Um, One of the things I wanted to do and I've seen versus others that are just posting images, you don't really know what it's going to look like when you finally get the final product, right? Yeah. So if I can capture the details, the texture of the paper, the way the colors come out, that was something that to me would show some pride in the craftsmanship of the final product. And that would help achieving a goal of something like I want to sell 10 prints a quarter. You know, that's something I think I can do. Yep. So that's my goal for today after I uh, finish up with you. Awesome. Awesome. All right. My last question for you, have you ever put together a new year's resolution that you wish you never made? Mm. See, here's the the funny thing. Um, And and I I actually wrote this down in my notes of something to touch on. Mm Mm-hmm. I always kind of thought that the notion of a, a, a date flipping over your mindset was kind of bullshit. <laughs> right. D- dates to me are all just, you know, points in time that you can point to and maybe have some sort of memory tied to it, whether right. it's a season, a month. Yep. Um, the notion that a calendar can switch over from year to year and then all of a sudden you're going to do something, um, just start now. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's been kind of, you know, I'm sure I have. Uh, nothing sticks out to me right now. I mean, I'm sure I've said I was going to start working out. And I've done this and everybody does this when, you know, they hit the gym the first of the year and be like, oh, my New Year's resolution is to go to the gym more often. And then by, you know, February, <laughs> yeah. March, it's like back to the the same attendance, right? Um, I, I don't know if I have anything that I've started as a New Year's resolution that I, I would say I would regret. But yeah, the notion of, just a date changing your mindset has always been kind of bullshit to me. Yeah. Um, now I will use, you know, dates a certain time for myself. Like these past two weeks, I said I was going to try to not be that meme that you see on the internet where you have some time off. Now, do I actually relax during that time off or do I like work on personal projects that stress me out and set (laughs) these unrealistic things? So you see the guy sweating, you know, debating which button to push, whether he's actually going to relax on his vacation or or personal projects. And I've tried to do a happy blend. And I told myself until January 1st, I'm going to try to, you know, relax for once. Yep. Um, You know, try and do quote unquote nothing. (laughs) Which yes. was being lazy and, and just relaxing the mind and, and coming yeah. refreshed with the new year. Yep. Um, so I, I think it is important to take the time. And, and I did use that. To, once new year hits, okay, it's off to the races. That's right. You know, and, yeah. and I've got a couple of different goals, whether it's business related, 
for my career and then business for my LLC. Um, creatively, you know, you've got to have um, whether you want to do creative as business or creative as personal, you got to be able to do, differentiate what those look like. Um, but that, yeah, it's a long-winded answer <laughs> for that's, that's a question fine. that I didn't really have an answer to your question for. <laughs> well, I do want to add too, if anybody did decide to go to the gym to get healthy and that's their resolution, stick to it. Don't don't look at it as I made it as a resolution. Look at it as you made a life change to, to get healthy and uh, I hope you do, honestly. So um, not to bring us down or anything, but I really, I, I'm trying, trying myself healthy to- is a big deal. Yeah, I'm trying myself to uh, <laughs> coming from the fact two to three. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, as I'm sucking down bourbon cream. Yeah, two two to three times a week, and and the the idea of exercise has kind of changed for me because I've always been like, oh, I got to go lift weights. I got to you know go for something that's going to get the heart rate up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've been trying to do things like stretching and mm-hmm. potentially yoga more because I love yoga. When I go do hockey. And then my back hurts or, you know, one of my joints or ligaments hurts. It's probably because I wasn't, you know, keeping my body as limber as I probably would have liked to from how I used to play the game years ago when I was younger. And I'm getting older. I mean, I turned 30 this past year, so I'm still I'm still young compared to you. But (laughs) oh, you called me old. (laughs) uh, I mean, Paul's not here to dig at you. So, I I mean, I love it. Co-host Nick needs to to bring the heat. But yeah, I mean, I've I've changed my mindset of exercise and, and, you know, applying, like I said, Matt Diavella's two day rule of trying not to go more than two days with do, without doing something. And, yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of free apps that are fantastic for um, different kinds of quote-unquote exercise, whether you yeah. want to do yoga. And, you know, if you are looking for something out there, Fit On is a fantastic free app that you can use that oh, does cool. yoga. Um, it can do some high-intensity interval training. Um, I know some people out there, whether you're interested in getting the blood flowing or not, you know, maybe you're just interested in drinking, which that's fine too. 12 ounce curls. <laughs> right. I subscribe to that as well. <laughs> we will uh, actually send me a link to that, uh, that app and I'll put it in the show notes. And also I'm going to link friendly reviewer because I, I think folks who were listening earlier may not know who he is. And I, I, he's a, he's a great guy. He really is. I think it's, it's important to, to maybe share what he's doing. It's, it's amazing what he's done on YouTube with uh, his reviews uh, also, Matt Diavella, we'll we'll put uh, a link in the show notes for Matt Diavella as well. I think he's a fantastic creator. I, he has a just loads of information that are that are good for creators uh, and minimalist. If you're into minimal minimalism, it's it's good for that too. Um, do you have questions for me today? I do have a last call for you. I've got awesome. I've got three questions. Oh, three. I've got three. All I think right. you're gonna like them. Okay. Um, the first one, let me paint a scenario for you. You open a fridge presented with a porter, IPA, and whiskey. Wait, why the heck is bourbon in the fridge? Uh, I was thinking the same thing. What the? F- <laughs> Wh- which of the three do you grab? Uh, the porter. I mean, because if it's whiskey in the fridge, I'm not real sure about it. I'm not I'm not real <laughs> sure why. If if it was not in the fridge, I'd go whiskey first because beer before liquor makes you sicker. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm all. I'm also a dark dark beer guy myself. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that would grab the IPA and it'd be the end of it, but yeah. I like both. Don't get me wrong. I like IPAs. I like the grassiness, the 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 great fruitiness and all that stuff. But uh if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pour myself something I'm looking in the fridge at, 
it's going to be a porter every time. You, you don't want the uh, black velvet sitting in the fridge? No. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, if you could eat one food item for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. That's an easy one. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, pizza. And fuck everybody who's listening right now who says pineapple does not belong on pizza. I would put pineapple on every one of those. <laughs> because I, I do like I pineapple and ham on pizza. I mm-hmm. do too. I just like it. I just do. A yeah, black th- olives. This is one. Black uh, olives I like, with uh, pineapple. Put it, put them together. It's a, it's a salty sweet thing. It's really good. Mm, it's, like, it's like a martini on a Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> See, I, I don't really like martinis. I don't like dirt, dirty martinis. A couple of years ago on vacation, I ordered like I don't know what the hell I was thinking. If I'd been intoxicated already, I was down in Outer Banks with a bunch of friends. We rented this big house, <laughs> went out to dinner, and the first thing I sat and down the to order <laughs> was a dirty martini. I had no idea why the hell I did that because I tasted it and went nope. Really? This is for somebody else. Uh, yep. Was it a gin martini or was it a vodka martini? This was so uh, many years ago where I do, do not remember. Um, but I, I just, no. Uh, and I like <laughs> olives on pizza. I don't like yeah. olives by themselves. Really? Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, you know, even if I get them in a Bloody Mary, I'm giving them to somebody else. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just don't like olives. <laughs> but I can eat them because they're masked by all the other trash you can put on pizza. As, as soon and as I say trash respectfully, like cheese, right. meats, you know, vegetables, <laughs> right, right. Like it's just like a, you know, pick, pick a bunch of stuff, throw it on there, yeah. and you've got this amazing yeah. pie. I get it, I get it. As soon as this uh, pandemic is over and I, we can all get along and <laughs> travel like we do, I am going to have to drive myself to New York and make you a proper martini. Two or maybe, three. maybe I'd like it if it just wasn't the dirty. You know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe if it just had like too dirty of a martini. I have no idea. It's possible. It's possible. Third one is, so where I come from, Western New York, you know, the Buffalo Bills, also where the chicken wing was invented. There mm-hmm. is a right and wrong to this question. So, you know, depending on how you answer, <laughs> I might just hang up the, the line. <laughs> Ranch or blue cheese with chicken wings? Uh, I, you know... Uh, this is a tough one for me because I don't like either. I don't like ranch really, and I don't like blue cheese really. When I'm eating wings, buffalo wings, I want the chicken and I want the heat. That's that's all I really want. So that that is, that is a right answer. If you said ranch, oh, I would yeah. be like smashing my mic and just walking away. <laughs> smashing. Your you mic do not off. put ranch on chicken wings, <laughs> right? It's wrong. It is wrong. It's like why get it hot if you're going to cool it down right away? I don't. Yeah. I, don't understand I mean, blue that. cheese is acceptable. But yeah. yeah, in Western New York, we just shun people that say ranch <laughs> is acceptable for chicken wings. <laughs> it's, like it's, putting, it's like putting ketchup on steak. Yeah. <laughs> Why would uh, you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I actually, I was waiting for, you know, Christmas dinner, uh, made prime rib. Siblings came over. My sister's the type that doesn't like any blood in her red meat. Mm-hmm. I mean, we used to live together for a short period when she was still in college and I had graduated. Made the mistake of letting her cook a kebab. That was pre-marinated from the store. She turned it into shoe leather. Like it was like eating my Sperry. <laughs> my Sperry top cider was pretty much what I was eating. And I said, there is never a chance that I'm letting you cook red meat again. So of course, you know, prime rib. I'm shooting for like rare, medium rare. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not eating that. I'm like, what are you going to put ketchup on it too and really offend me? That's awesome. I gave her like the burnt ends that she had to microwave for a little bit longer. Actually, I ended up throwing in a cast iron pan on the stove just to get a little bit more done for her. But I, I was pissed. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, those were fun. I enjoyed this. 
enjoy this whole episode. We'll we'll put links in there and we'll we'll do our thing and, and all that. But uh, what can I say about goals, creatives, artists, creatives, goals? You know, I hope you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, okay, what did I get out of this show? What what value is in this show? And I think the real thing that I want you to contemplate, the listeners, and me and and Nick included, set goals that have personal growth to them, not just the numbers. Not just some sort of metric that everybody uses to to say, okay, this and that and blah, blah, blah. But ask yourself why. Don't think about how many followers you can get, but think about how many – I guess I want to say think about what you want to do because you reached X number of followers. You know, if you reach a million followers, why do you want to do that? Well, maybe it's about money. Who cares? Don't be shameful about saying it's about money. I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts on this? Find – Find your tribe in person of people. Well, it could be actually remote too, because I know we have our little community that you know people are are keeping each other accountable or support mm-hmm. system. And when you're being realistic about looking at your goals and what you want to accomplish, find some people that can be a um, you know a checkpoint to be realistic to you and provide yeah. feedback, yep. provide guidance. Um, coaching and mentoring is something that you know frequently gets overlooked, I think. Yep. And trying to find somebody that you can bounce things off and see if there's another angle to how you're looking at things, get a different perspective. And again, being realistic is tough. So having another person that you trust and you value their opinion is gold and that could help you on your journey. Absolutely. I think there's so many resources out there for that. I know I, I take, uh, you know, Paul uh, as an example, I really, respect his opinion on a lot of things and and um it's it's good having him around for for some of that support and uh, all the creatives that i surround myself with have a big influence on where i go as a creative so uh, yeah i totally agree with that you you need a support system you do you gotta have creatives you know your, your mom might be really good at telling you that this is this is beautiful <laughs> whatever um nothing wrong with that maybe take it to somebody who gives you a good critique that's also a creative who says, look, dude, that's, uh, that's, that's nice, but I've seen better work out of you, you know, or maybe they can push you a little bit. So, you know, I, I just want to throw it in there because, you know, it's just, that's how I am. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really, I'm, I'm getting a little bit loopy. I got a nice buzz going. <laughs> I, my bourbon cream's not getting me there. Uh, oh, I, mean, I can grab the whiskey off the shelf behind me. I, I think. The bar's right over here. I, I gotta be honest, Nick. I, I kind of hit a couple nips of the wild turkey before we got online. <laughs> mm, <laughs> and then okay. I had I had the one that I say, uh, I do one before the show every time. Uh, so, yeah, there's a couple more in there. So, anyway, I don't know. That's all I got. Do you got any more? Anything else? I don't think so. I think, you know, to what I said originally within the first five minutes of the show when most people probably disconnected. <laughs> Make sure your goals are measurable, actionable, and obtainable. That's right. Tweet that out. Tweet that out. Make sure people know that this this podcast exists because that that is a goal of mine. I would like to reach a certain level of downloads, and I haven't reached that yet. I know we're talking about numbers again, but there's a reason. As soon as I can start getting sponsorships, I can start paying people. At any rate, share this episode. Subscribe if you are not already, and I'd love for you to leave us a review. I'm thankful all of you listening shared your time with us. I sincerely hope this episode got you thinking about your own creative journey. And I hope you become a regular. Thank you for dropping in, Nick. 
I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you for stepping in. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse be thirsty. Cheers, Nick. Cheers, sir. Thank you.